0: This uh, the song that we are talking about today is the song that we just sing, sang, saying "Go tell it on the mountain." And uh, this is this is one of those songs that you know you've probably grown up as a kid hearing this song and uh, sung it as an adult, and you know all, all of these things. You know, it's one of these songs that we know so well. Um, and unlike how I have taught through the other songs, I have, if you've noticed, I have uh, taught uh, the, a little bit of the passage in which the song probably came from or did come from, in some instances we know specifically it did. Uh, and then uh, in, in this, with this one, uh, or with the others, we uh, go through the passage and then, and then talk through the song. And today, I actually want to break it up where we uh, are talking through the song and then looking at the Scripture uh, that correlates and goes with it. Uh, and I think, I think this will work out. Uh, pretty well, and I think you'll see why here in just a minute as we as we look at this. Because really, if you look at Go Telling on a Mountain, it's, a, it's telling the story of, of what happened uh, on, on Christmas night, it's, or Christmas day, and we don't really know. But it's telling this story that we see of, of what the shepherds go through and kind of what happens and all of that. And I, I want us I just to kind of get to look through that and read through that this morning uh, and see what the Lord has for us. Um, this is, you know, I think, I think one of those things to kind of think about with this is that this, is, this was like the big announcement, you know. Uh, I don't know if you ever had uh, a big announcement. We've, we've had some big announcements. We've had big announcements here at church lately. We've uh, had people getting engaged. Uh, this week we had uh, Josh uh, uh, proposed, and she said... <laughs> She said yes. So yeah, so we've we've had we've had another big announcement here uh, in uh, in the life of our church, and another and another yes. Uh, you know, uh, you got you got to know that like especially with Casey when Casey did that, uh, he's he's in our Tuesday night Bible study thing in my basement or whatever. And and the reason, if you were here the morning that Casey proposed to Cynthia. Uh, During that service, and uh, we prayed at the end, and I thanked God that she said yes. Well, the the reason the reason I said that in the prayer is because I kept saying to Casey at random times, "Dude, what if she says no?" You know, and just like you know, but uh, you know, big big announcements. You know, we we love we love to be a part of those. We love to be a part of those moments. um, You know, where we get to be a part of a big announcement or get to share a big announcement. My wife lives to be able to tell me things that I don't know, because she, she feels like every time she tells me something, I'm like, yeah, I knew that. And she's like, oh, great, you know, uh, you know, thinking, you know, and, and so, you know, but we, we, we love that. Well, this, 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 this is like the biggest announcement ever that we are getting to not just study on, uh, but to remember who Christ is and what God has done in sending his son uh, and, and this song is really about speaking of that announcement, going and telling other people about it as well, which is what we see uh, in the book of Luke as well. Uh, let, let's, just, let's just read through the song. In fact, I want to I kind of read the chorus first, and then we're going to just kind of study through uh, the verses here, if you will. Uh, it says, the chorus goes, Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. It's so much more interesting when you've got an electric guitar and you're like, you know. And in verse verse 1, it says says this, says, While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. Now, if you look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and I want us to look at this together. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this. It says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So if you look at verse one, and this is a lot of back and forth, so challenging if any, for anybody other than John, I'm sure. Uh, it's especially challenging for her. Uh, But while shepherds kept their watching, you go back to verse 1 of of the song, while shepherds kept their watching over silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. And then in the passage in the Scripture in Luke 2, again, it says in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping their watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, this is, I, I, I think this is one of the most fascinating parts, one of the most fascinating stories in all of Scripture. And, and, and part of it is really just because I'm jealous. You know, I, I, I wish that I could have seen what the shepherd saw. You know, and you have, and you'll see more of, of this here in just a minute, but you have this, you have this amazing picture of what happened uh, on that night when, when not just a light shone, which we sing about in the song, over silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens, there's shone a holy light. Well, the holy light is talking about an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And, you know, and, and for you know, all purposes of what we know from Scripture, we see over and over again God's glory being talked about, but nobody really ever gets to see it. And so this is, you know, this, you know, thing that is a part of God's glory and God's glory being seen in the way of a light around them. And, but, and, and as it happens in such a way that the shepherds who, by the way, are not like, you know, some puny little guys or something. We're talking about guys who, you know, would chase away wolves and, you know, they're protecting sheep, they're protecting a flock that's like a a big, like, you know, hey, come here, wild animals, and try to eat these animals that we're trying to protect. I mean, these guys are, I mean, they're legit. And it says, and they were filled with great fear. They were filled with great fear. You know, so like, here, here, here begins the announcement, and this angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and, and you and I would think, oh my gosh, we would just be like, oh yeah, man, this is awesome. This is fantastic. You know, and, and the truth is, is that their response is they are scared to death. They're scared to death of what's going on in this moment. This is a fantastic announcement that is about to be made. And it goes on. And let's, let's read verse 2 of the song. Verse 2 of the song says this. It says, The shepherds feared and trembled when high above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. So they began to sing, according to the song. The shepherds feared and trembled when high above the earth rang out the angel's chorus and hailed our Savior's birth. The shepherds continue to just be scared. I mean, they're just they're they're beyond they're beyond you know like twelve year old girl at the haunted house at the end when the guy is chasing you down with the chainsaw. You you, you remember that guy? You, you know you know what I'm talking about. Like you remember you remember that guy at the haunted house? Surely goodness, you went to a haunted house growing up, right? You know, and there's always like, you know, back in the day in Nashville, anyway, it was like they all ended the same, and it all ended with some guy in a mask and a chainsaw that didn't have a chain on it, and he is chasing, he's, you know, and of course, like, you know, you always take a girl to the haunted house. You don't want to be seen with like a bunch of dudes at the haunted house, right? You know, and you know, because it's a haunted house, like she's all clingy and stuff, which of course is the point, you know, and... And, and at the end, there's a guy who's chasing you with his chainsaw. And of course, like the girl is like, her mind's just, Bleh! you know, she's like, you know, and you're just like, it doesn't have a chain on it. You don't have to run, you know, and she's, and she, I mean, like, you know, she's gone. She's like, she's back at the car and like hiding underneath it or something, you know, uh, you know, the, these guys are scared to death, right? These guys are scared to death. Of what's going on in this moment, I mean, like they they are like so scared beyond belief. The shepherds feared and trembled. Shepherds feared and trembled. And the scripture says in verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So they're they're in this moment where they're scared to death and the angel's like, hey, wait. Don't be scared. You know, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for who? All the people. It says all the people. For unto you is born, verse 11, for unto you is born... This day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, for you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. This is the part that I get real jealous about. An angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So, not only is the angel here to make this announcement, but the angel doesn't come alone. The angel comes uh, bearing the glory of God, and the angel comes with this huge heavenly host. This This is what we are believing to be, imagine thousands and thousands of angels who knows maybe even more than that but just i mean just tons and tons of angels filling the sky singing singing of god's praises making this unbelievable sound something i mean i mean these guys are just like hanging out with sheep i mean they go from hanging out with sheep to all of a sudden boom This, in the middle of the night, right? And I mean, how crazy is this picture that we get and we get to just see like a little piece of this. And they say, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. For unto you is born in this day the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I think, I think worth noting and not just jumping over it are the words for all the people. I think for us to be reminded of, of just what God has done, He has done for anyone who would believe in Him. Anyone who would believe in Him. And, and there are still people. There are still people out there. And maybe, and maybe it's because of some Christian that they met in the past or something that somebody told them. Or maybe they're just assuming something. I don't know. Uh, which is completely possible and understandable to assume this. But there are tons of people still out there living in this world, and maybe even some sitting in this room or listening to this right now, who believe that the things that they have done in their life will separate them from God forever. And there is no way that God could ever love them. And there's no way that God could ever forgive them. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. God sent His Son. Sent Him for anyone who would believe. For all the people. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He didn't just send a Son. He sent the Savior of the world. And this will be a sign... For you, for you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. I mean, you know, how did how did they how were they to know if if the angels didn't tell them like, hey, here's what you're looking for. Go look for a baby, go look for a baby wrapped in these cloths and laying in a manger. That's 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 him. That's the one. Otherwise, how do they know it's not some full grown man who's dressed as a king? You know, because everybody's looking for this king to come. And they got the king, but they didn't get the king that they thought that they would get. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Imagine that. Imagine this choir of angels. And, and, by, and here, here comes my spill. You know, angels being like warriors, not precious moments, okay? And usually input a rant here about precious moments, and I just enjoy making fun of them or whatever. But the truth is, it's kind of it's kind of, you know, th- that whole picture, not just precious moments, but in general, that whole picture of angels has been skewed for us as to what angels really are versus... What scripturally they are, which are these amazing warriors that fight for the kingdom of God. And and, and so we're not talking about like, you know, a bunch of babies singing. We're talking, you know, I'm imagining like, you know, the fiercest of all people, probably men and women. I don't know what seem to be male and female. I don't know how it works when you're an angel. You know, but, you know, what we know is that there's a ton of them and they are singing the praise, the praises of God in such a way that, I mean, just I mean, imagine this, right? I mean, in the middle of the night, you know, we're hanging out with the sheep, and here comes all this. And suddenly there's with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And 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 they are making this announcement that like peace has come, peace has come, you know. And, and, and that's that's something that, like everybody wants some peace, right? Everybody, everybody says you know I you know pray for world peace or I'd, I'd love I'd love I'd just love some peace at my house for five minutes, right? That's what some some of you are thinking. And the truth is that they are making the announcement that the the peace, the, the ultimate peace of all the world has come. What's it say? And on glory to God in the highest, verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So for all the people, any of those who have trusted in him, believed in him, get to experience this peace, this same peace that we've studied on so many times, this peace that surpasses all understanding. Not not a peace that can be explained, a peace that we can have in the middle of moments in our lives that it doesn't even make sense to have peace in those moments. I've had some moments this week that have left me very unpeaceful. (laughs) The truth is, is that It is in Christ alone that we find the peace that we are seeking, that we find the joy that we are seeking, not in anything else. For all the people. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Verse three of the song. Verse three of the song says this It says, Lo, when they had heard it, They all bowed down and prayed. They traveled on together to where the babe was laid. So, if you know the story of the shepherds, then you probably know where this is going. They don't just have this moment where they get to see all this amazing stuff and, you know, they get to be a part of this, you know, concert in the sky and the whole nine yards, but they leave. In fact, let's just go ahead and read verse 15 out of Luke 2, verse 15, says this. It says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The shepherds went to Bethlehem and see this baby who is our Savior, Christ, lying in a manger. This is quite an amazing thing. In verse 3, going back to that in the song, it says, And lo, when they had heard it, they all bowed down and prayed. They traveled on together to where the babe was laid. This is a picture for us of this action that is involved for the shepherds. You know, one of the things about our faith is that our faith involves action. You know, there's, there's, that, there's that certain element to it. Now, you can go too far with that and get legalistic with it and, you know, well, you, you know, all this, you gotta do this to be saved, kind of stuff. That's 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 not not what I'm talking about. Jesus saves, period. We we don't save. I don't I can't save you. You can't save somebody else. You know, we can't save each other. Jesus saves, period. Just period. It's not Jesus plus anything, it's Jesus is everything. Okay? And and, and so for us, even in in seeing this in in this passage, I, I see this, I see this reminder that what Christ has done causes action. You know, Christ coming into the world caused action. Christ teaching causes action. And you say, what do you mean, Chris? I'm I'm talking about like on our part, on the shepherd's part. You know, they didn't just hear of Jesus being born. The the angels were singing of of his praise and then telling them where to go and find him. They weren't like, hey, here's the... Here's the directions to go and find him, but you don't have to go. No, they gave, him the direct, they gave them the directions because they wanted them to go. They wanted them to go and experience Jesus for themselves. And they say, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Maybe, maybe there's something in your life right now where your relationship with the Lord is leading you to something, leading you to an action, leading you to follow through in some way, shape, or form with something going on in your life. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's to talk with somebody. Maybe it's uh, to go do something for somebody. The fourth verse of the song says this. fourth verse of the song says this. It says, Down in a lowly manger the humble Christ was born and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Down in a lowly manger the humble Christ was born and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. So we are getting a glimpse of the writer of the song wanting us to sing of something that is true about Christ. This humble Christ was born. Why, 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 why throw that in there? What's the point in that? I think it's this reminder for us of who Jesus came to be and who Jesus came to. You know, Jesus came to the lowest of the low. There's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of people. In this world, that believe that, that we as Christians believe that Jesus, our Savior, is for high and mighty people. People that have, the have, not the have nots, but those that have, you know, and, and, and all this kind of thing. And, and that's the exact opposite. I mean, Jesus, of course, Jesus came for all. We, we see that. We know that, right? Jesus came for all, all who would believe. But then at the same time, we have this picture of how he came, and not as the king that so many people were expecting, but as this humble king that would come in such a way that they would put him in a thing that animals eat out of. I spent three years of being a teenager, really most, almost four years of my life as a teenager working on a farm. Both of my parents grew up on farms, and I spent a lot of time working on a farm, and you know, it really to me, at that moment in my life, it was really just a means to just make money to buy hot rods. That's, that's all I cared about at that point in my life, right? You know, uh, but looking back on it, I learned a lot of things along the way. One of the things that, you know, I remember and, and know very well uh, after dealing with cattle quite a bit uh, is that they're just plain nasty. I mean, they're just nasty. I mean, they're, I mean, they're animals, you know. And they're, they're not, and they're not just animals. People are like, oh, I love animals. You know, I'm, well, you know, bring some cows in your house and see how that works out for you. You know, and be like, well, I'm going to house train this cow. Uh-huh. Yeah, good luck with that. You know, I mean, a cow, a cow does not care. You know, you're hanging out by a cow. A cow does its business anytime it wants to. It is nasty, okay? It can eat and do other things at the same time, you know? <laughs> it's nasty, you know? And we've, we've moved them dead and alive and every which way, and I mean, just nasty, you know. And then I, and then I think, I think, about, I think about our Savior being born. And then they laid him in a manger. And they laid him where those animals eat. The humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Luke 2, verse 17. It says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned They returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So again, we see a cause and a response. We we see an action that also creates an action. Jesus comes into the world, this baby being born. The shepherds get to go and see him and then they turn and do what? They tell of how they got there. You know, they tell, they're telling the stories of, of the angels in the heavens and the heavenly host and all the singing and all the stuff. And, and, and then we get, we get to see Mary's response, right? Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And then in verse 20, just when you think, oh, now we're going to get like this back and forth conversation between Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. No, in verse 20, the next thing is, and the shepherds returned. But they didn't just return, they returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They went and told. That's how we know about this. They went and told about it. They went and shared what they experienced with everybody else. This brings about for us this morning this reminder of the mission in which God has sent us on. That we don't, we don't keep this for ourselves. You know, the most exciting things in our lives, we don't want to keep that stuff for ourselves. We're not, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna get to buy that thing we've been saving up our money for and waited so long and so patient and worked so hard and all these things, and then never show it to anybody. Like we we can't wait to show that thing off, right? Here we have a picture of God being glorified through exactly how He planned it. That others would hear the story being told from the mouths of those who actually saw Him. Who actually heard about Him. In fact, it's, it's very much like yet another story that we see in Scripture. This story of the woman at the well. You remember, you remember this lady? Remember Jesus meeting with this woman at the well? He goes to get water. The disciples aren't really around. This lady's there at the well. She's getting water. She's a Samaritan. Uh, first of all, in that culture, you know, he shouldn't, quote unquote, shouldn't supposed to be wasn't supposed to be talking to her. That was not something he should be doing. But of course, what's Jesus do? He talks to her. Okay, and and so not just because she's a woman, but also because she's a Samaritan. I mean, like it's like double jeopardy. Like he shouldn't double now be talking to this woman, but he talks to this woman because he's Jesus and he loves her and he cares about all people and he came partly to bust up, you know, everything that was believed up to that point about, you know, oh, you're okay if you're this race or you're okay if you're that race or you're okay if you're a man or you're okay if you're a woman or whatever it is. And they have this amazing conversation where he begins to, drop little truths on her and she begins to see that he knows things in fact he even drops the knowledge on her if he tells her of the things of her past and of the men that she's been with and all of this kind of stuff and really to make the point of like he's like i'm i'm the messiah i am christ and i mean she is she's blown away she's met jesus Her life is going to be forever changed from this moment right here. And so then in the middle of all this going on, the disciples come back to where Jesus is talking to her at the well. And and I'm going to pick this up. John 4 verse 27, it says, Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? You know, like they're supposed to be his bodyguards or something, you know, and like, what are you doing here? You know, who who do you think you are talking to Jesus? You know, kind of like, you know, you know, it says, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Verse 28. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. So she goes out. She leaves Jesus. She goes out and she tells of the experience that she just had. you got to come see this guy. He just told me everything about my life. He knows stuff about me that nobody, nobody knows. And in verse 39, it picks back up. And it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did, she says. So when the Samaritans came to him, verse 40, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Big announcement. (laughs) Big announcement. They're making big announcements now. I mean, imagine, you're just hanging out at the well. Or you're just hanging out in town, and, and this lady comes into town. Oh my gosh, you guys have got to come see this guy. He knows everything about me. I think there's something going on. I think he might be the Messiah. I think you guys ought to come and see him. And what did it say? Many Samaritans, verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Because of the woman's testimony. What did she do? She went and told. What's the song about? Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it on the mountain. Not go look at it on the mountain. It's not like a, you know, hey, would you look at that? Hey, let's go look at this, you know, kind of thing. It's not that. It's a go tell it to everybody. She goes and tells it. Other people begin to believe in him. It says in Scripture because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did, she said right there. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. And then what did they say? <laughs> they looked at her and they said, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard it for ourselves, and we now know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. They, they go from not having a clue and just, you know, hanging out doing their own thing, to the next thing you know, they're out to meet this guy because some lady's coming in town and telling these stories. And by the time they are done, they are recognizing that this is Jesus the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And here's the question. Do you know him? Do you know him? And, and, and here's, here's another question. Here's a follow-up question. Because, you know, for so many people in this room right now, they're, they're saying, oh, yeah, no, I know him. I know him. I'm, I'm good to go. I've known him for quite some time or whatever it is. Okay, well, then the follow-up question is, who are you telling about him? Who knows about him because they know you? Like, that's, that's the point of our lives, That's giving God the glory. That is God being glorified in all the things that we do. If we say that we are about that, then we are saying we are about other people being told, knowing of who Jesus is because they know us. Like, Chris, I'm I'm not an evangelist. I'm not good. Listen, we can talk a blue streak about anything that we're into. Are we into Jesus? What's he done for us? You don't have to be eloquent with it. If, it, if it's true in your heart and it's true in your life, then your life, to some degree, will show something that is different than the rest of this world. And then if that's the case, then they're already wondering what is different. What is different about this one? What's different about this guy? What's different about this gal? Huh. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Many Samaritans from that town believed in Him because of the woman's testimony. I mean, it's, it's just how God works. He loves to use our story, which is really His story, but He loves for us to tell our story of Him at work in our lives. You go and you tell of the story of what God has done in your life to a complete stranger and see what happens. Well, Chris, I'm afraid, you know, Somebody's not gonna like me. I'm afraid somebody. Listen, I, I get it, I get it. Like Chris, I'm, I'm working on somebody. I've been sharing with somebody for a long time, and they're just they're just not there yet. They're just nothing's happening. Okay. Well, that doesn't stop. That does, we don't we don't we don't let that stop us from the next person. There's so many other people that God is putting in our life. On purpose, that we could be light to them, that we could be the mission and a part of the mission in which God has called us to. The call for us is still just as good today as it's always been. And it's that same Great Commission call. Matthew 28, Matthew 28 and verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything, observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We're not even doing this alone. We're not even doing this alone. God is going before us and God is going with us. Remember this, we aren't saving anybody, right? We're not the ones doing that work. But we can be the ones to give testimony of what God has done. We can be a part of the process. We can be that woman at the well in the life of other people that they could hear our testimony of who God is. And you know what? Maybe they will believe. Maybe they will believe. Fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. Wow. Fifteen years ago, uh, about this week, we had uh, we had a gathering uh, at Stephen and Beth Carr's house. This was the second gathering, I think, for the church at that point. And uh, they were just will, kind and willing to open their home for us to just come trash it and uh, <laughs> invite whatever random people thought that they might want to come and just talk about uh, this new church that was going to be started. Before that, we had had a thing around Thanksgiving near that time, uh, where we met at the elementary school. And that was the first time we ever met at the elementary school as a group. Uh, it was the only time I think until uh, January second of '05. Uh, this is late 04 that we're talking about, 15 years ago. And uh, and these people came, you know. And, and some of these people, I don't even know where. Some, I don't even know who some of these people were. I don't even know where they. I don't even know where some of them went. Like I, we had some people come that first thing to the to the school, and I, you know, honestly, I, there were some people I think that were like coming at it like, "Oh, we're gonna come and like try to." These these people are, you know, they, they weren't on our side. I'll put it that way, okay? Like like you just you know, go to go to some go to small town America, and then say you're gonna start something new that threatens that that causes other people to feel threatened in any way, shape, or form, which is totally not why you start a church, by the way. Uh, and you're going to get some of that. And I think back to why. why. Why did we do it? Why did we do it? We didn't do it so that we could try to catch a bunch of other church people. Like, oh, let's try to get all the unhappy church people to come to our church. Let's do that, right? That seems like a good... Can, can you imagine a church full of unhappy church people from all these other churches? I mean, we got some of that, you know. There's some of you in here now, probably, you know, if you're just being honest, you know. But that, that's, not, that's not how you want to start a church. You want to start a church with a bunch of unhappy church people from other churches like, well, I'm just unhappy because of this and that and whatever, and so then everybody's going to come throwing their opinions about what you got to do different so that they will be happy, right? No. Start a church for the glory of God. You start a church that people that don't know Jesus might know him. We have always felt like, and still do, that God uses different types of churches to reach different types of people. It's not that one church has it all figured out and the rest do not. And we believed long ago, and still do, that God will use ugly, short sweater Sundays that people might get to hear the gospel. That people might, could see people who don't take themselves too seriously, right? And that we're not banking on ourselves and how good we are or how perfect we are because we know we're not. We know we're sinners and we know we need a Savior and we know that, he, that, that everyone else needs Him too and we want everybody to know Him. And our mission... Is that, that others would know him because they know us. Fifteen years ago, we prayed that God would show us and that he would lead us in doing that. And honestly, we're still praying (laughs) he'll show us and lead us in doing that. God sent his salvation on that Christmas morning. And our response is the same response of the shepherds that we would go and tell. Our response is the same response of that woman at the well that we would go and tell. That God sent His peace to earth. That He sent His salvation. That He sent His forgiveness. That He sent His way of busting history wide open and creating a path for us not just receive forgiveness, to be, but to become a part of His family, maybe maybe you today lack peace. Maybe you today lack rest. Maybe you today are just you're just searching for something, and you're just you're. If you were just being real honest right now, you're just grasping for straws in your life. Maybe you're just looking for anything that could make you happy. I can't make you happy. But Jesus can. He's the best thing we've got. And our job, our calling, our lives should be to go and tell it wherever we go. If you don't know Him, if you've never trusted in Him, I pray that today is the day that that happens in your life. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you today. Let's pray. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for sending him on our behalf. Thank you for sending the Messiah we needed, not the one we wanted. Thank you for allowing us to trust in you, to rest in you, to find joy in you. Thank you for allowing us to enjoy this life and to be reminded of how good you are to us. God, we love you. God, I pray that we would be the church that you have called us to be, not just in Christmas, but at all times, God, that we would just be faithful. Faithful to bringing you glory in all things. God, may people see you in us. God, may people know you. God, do the work that we can't do. Save those who've never trusted in you. God, we pray for that today, and we pray that you would use us to be a part of that process. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen.